speak the Ramayana now. And we'll draw out lessons as the Kata goes. So the Ramayana discussion that we are having since last three days. Can you give me this bottle, the bottle, the water bottle? So we are trying to, uh, the whole idea behind Ram Katha now is we are trying to anchor ourselves on something that doesn't change. Because Ram Katha is, there's a lot of nectar. So I request you to just absorb yourselves and sometimes you may, you may feel I know this story but still the advantage of Ramayana and Krishna Katha is that the same pastime when we hear again, it reveals to us new lessons if we are attentive. See, otherwise, how do you explain in Iskon, there are devotees since the last 50 years chanting the same Hare Krishna mantra. They are hearing the same stories. See, every Ramanami, every Janmashtami, we hear the same stories of Krishna which we have known for the last 50 years. That means this story is revealed to us interesting dimensions and interesting uh, purpose. See, we are not going to change the storyline at all. It's not that you know, we are bored speaking the same Ramayana, so, you know, we will speak about like Ram entering Lanka in a different way. We will not add or subtract anything. We will just speak from Ramayana and you will see how it is uh, extremely nourishing. Now, there is something in the beginning of Ramayana which I haven't shared with you about Ramayana. Valmiki Muni's Ramayana is described as if we hear it attentively or if we read it, there's a very contrasting analogy given about Ramayana, which I feel devotees should know. So this is a verse, I'm going to chant this and then also explain this. It's a very beautiful verse, two verses which explain what is Ramayana. The first one says that Valmiki Muni is compared to a cuckoo bird. What is the speciality of a cuckoo bird? Anybody knows? What is, how do you pronounce cuckoo, no? Cuckoo, yeah, cuckoo bird. What is its what is its speciality? It's famous for its sweet voice. It sings very sweetly. So the first verse says, "Kujantam Rama Rameti Maduram Maduraksharam Aruya Kavita Shakam Vande Valmiki Kokilam." The first verse says, "Valmiki is a cuckoo bird, Kokila, and there is a tree of Vedas on which there is a branch called Ramayan." And on this branch, this cuckoo bird is sitting and singing beautiful sounds of Rama. So you may say, well, this is a nice analogy given that Valmiki Ramayana is like a beautiful poetry and Valmiki Muni is a nice cuckoo bird who is singing very sweetly. It's very poetic, very nice, thank you. But the next verse is a contrasting example. The next verse says, Valmiki Munir Simhasya there is a forest of Vedas in which there is a lion called Valmiki who is roaring the name Ram. You see the contrast? First a very sweet sounding cuckoo bird and the very next verse Valmiki is compared to a lion. Lion roars. And the cuckoo bird sings sweetly. So this is an amazing, amazing contrast. So the whole idea is that Valmiki when he roars the name of Ram, he's like a lion 
all the wolves and jackals run away when the king of forest roars so valmiki roars the name of lion sorry roars the name of ram he is like a lion and he roars the name of ram and all the jackals and wolves like bad qualities in our heart they are driven away by this roaring now if you see the cuckoo and lion cannot be compared even if you train the cuckoo bird to roar like a lion for 100 years with all the self help and youtube videos and motivational talks he can't imitate the lion and you train lion in shastriya sangeet in classical music to sing like cuckoo he can never sing so why is this comparison the comparison is at the white one level when we read or hear ramayana simply for the story it's very sweet and nourishing it's like a cuckoo bird singing but if you go beneath another layer it is very deep and it is profound and just like the roaring of a lion drives away wolves and jackals similarly when we read ramayana at the second level at a deeper level then lot of misgivings and misconceptions are driven away and we will develop attraction for the lord therefore this is the introduction given and now we will enter the past time so if you are hearing ramayana you can hear at both levels one is simply the story which is kind of sweet nourishing but also you can go deeper and absorb yourself in the lessons from this past time so lakshman and uh, sita ram they are staying at chitrakoot bharat has taken lots wooden ornaments and this is what we discussed today morning and he has left for ayodhya and he is running the administration of ayodhya now the 14 years are going to pass so now these years are passing quickly and uh, they are staying at chitrakoot chitrakoot is a very beautiful uh, beautiful forest beautiful place just like krishna devotees go to vrindavan vrindavan is our most sacred place all of ram's devotees consider chitrakoot as vrindavan it is where ram performed very sweet pastimes with mother sita and they lived very happily there but one day something interesting happened there <clears throat> ram started observing that the sages in chitrakoot they are talking to themselves and they are whispering and they are looking at ram and you know turning away from him and uh, ram realizes if he is very concerned he see he feels that these sages are worried about something and they are hesitating to tell me maybe i am causing them some anxiety so ram goes to them and tells them that i see that you people are having some fear and uh, i think i have offended you or maybe my brother lakshman or my wife sita has spoken something inappropriate so i want to beg forgiveness and also know why why you are upset because you are avoiding us and uh, please please tell us what we have done wrong see ram is so uh, is the most valorous most powerful yet very grounded open to feedback and correction the sages immediately they fold their palms they say no ram don't say that what fault can ever be in you you are the most virtuous and sita and lakshman are the most worshipable to us you have no fault but we are in lot of anxiety because you are living very happily here which is very good but we are concerned because there are a lot of demons here and they are staying and they are coming to these areas and they are disturbing us but the place where you are living is very peaceful and we want you to destroy these demons so we are feeling little uncomfortable so 
So, because they also said, openly, what are there in their heart? Ram goes back to Lakshman and Sita and says, I think we should leave this place. We should go to a place where we can confront the demons. Because I need to protect the planet Earth. And I need to serve these sages. So, after consulting these sages, <coughs> they start walking towards the Gandhakarana forest. Which is where the most dramatic part of Ramayana happens. So, this is the introduction. Now, they start their journey to Dandakarana for this is a place where, you know, all the drama of Ravana and all that happens. So, as they are walking, suddenly a huge demon appears in front of them. This is like the precursor to all the adventure that is going to happen to Rama and Lakshman and Sita now. And this is a demon who is ten times the height of Rama. And he has a hideous form, he is tall, ferocious looking and he has a spear in one hand, on his left hand. And the description is given in the Rama and it's amazing, the spear, he had just collected a breakfast for himself. And on his spear, he had lanced five lions, four tigers, three jackals and half a dozen deers. And he was about to eat that for breakfast. <laughs> and then he sees Ram, Lakshman, Sita walking. And immediately he grabs Sita with his right hand and brings her close to him. And then he looks at Ram and Lakshman and says, you both are hypocrites. You are looking like sannyasis, ascetics. You are dressed like the sannyasis and ascetics, but by your bodily demeanor, I can see that you are powerful warriors. So how can warriors wear clothes of sannyasis? That is something cheating here. So as a punishment, I am going to devour both of you and enjoy with this lady. <laughs> so then he says, but I feel compassion for you. So I am going to release you. Leave. If you want, you can go away with your life. So when Ram hears this and Ram sees this demon, basically when he sees Sita has been picked by him, generally you know we project Ram as somebody who is very chivalrous, melodious. You know, in Ramayana you find many such instances like this, where when Ram sees this demon speak like this, he falls on the ground and starts crying. <laughs> he starts crying, you know, he says, oh Sita, Sita, he starts uh, wailing. So it's a very, very different picture of Ram in the Ramayana than what we uh, would like to imagine. Basically, very sensitive, is shown to be full of sentiments and affection for Sita. And Ramayana is, I've not read any book where the Lord is crying so much as you will see in Ramayana. In Krishna, in, Bhag in Krishna Lila, it is the devotees who are crying for Krishna. Krishna makes everyone cry. But in Ramayana, you will see Ram crying all the time. So, then when he is crying, Lashman consoles Ram and says, My dear brother, why do you have to cry when you have a brother like me? You don't have to worry. And then Ram gets up and this demon says, My name is Virada. Virada. And this beautiful lady, I am going to enjoy with her after changing my form. But I will spare your life. And Ram and Lashman immediately attack this demon. They cut off his hands and legs. But he doesn't die. And he starts laughing. He says, I got a special boon from Brahma. That I can't be killed. So you can't kill me. So they keep shooting arrows at him and they cover his body with arrows. And uh, finally, um, Ram and Lakshman decide if he cannot be killed, we have to do something else with him. So they dig up a pit and they bury him inside. And they cover the pit. And that's when this demon, he breaks open the pit and he assumes a beautiful effulgent form. And he says, I was a very attractive Gandharva, a celestial being once upon a time, and I was cursed to be a demon, 
and then I was told that Ram and Lakshman will come and deliver you. So I'm very happy that you have come, and I'm very grateful to you, and I have been now delivered from this curse, and I'm very grateful to both of you. So then Ram says, if you are grateful to us, please tell us where should we go. Now we have come to this forest. We want to confront all the demons. Where should we stay? So he says, you know, the best person to guide you will be Rishi Sarabanga. Please go to his ashram. He stays close by. So then you see in the Ramayana, Ram is always taking guidance from different different series. So taking guidance from others is the hallmark of. a uh, virtuous leader that's what ram does and now when they are going to saraganga ashram another interesting incident happens they see suddenly in the sky a golden chariot with a white canopy and thousand green horses and lord and a very effulgent personality like the sun and lot of people are fanning him and that chariot descends to saraganga ashram and ram lakshman and sita look in the sky and they immediately sita and lakshman ask ram who is this Ram smiles at Lakshman and Sita and says, "This is Indra. He has come to Saravanga Dasha." So then Lakshman and Sita ask Ram, "But why are they? Why has Indra come here?" So Ram smiles and Ram doesn't tell them anything at that point of time. Then they walk ahead. As they walk ahead, Indra and all the celestial beings see Ram, Lakshman, and they immediately disappear from the sky. That's when Ram enters the ashram. Saravanga Rishi looks at Ram. and he falls at his feet and starts crying he said i have been waiting for you for thousands of years and i and i knew you would come one day i have been just meditating on you and just before you came indra came and told me that what is the point of waiting for the lord lord has not come till now so i have a suggestion why don't you come to heavenly planet and enjoy give up your desire So Saraganga says that I told Indra, no, I have faith, I have patience, and I will wait. So this is interesting. We are tested till the last minute. He had he had this opportunity to give up his waiting. So if he had gone with Indra, he would have missed Ram. So Ramayan describes such kind of tests that come in life of a devotee. So so then uh, Ram says when Ram asks Saraganga that. Why? Why you refuse to go with Indra? He says no because I wanted to be with you, and then uh, when I saw you, I, I felt you are coming very close. So then I told Indra that, see, Lord Ram has not come so far, so I don't need heaven. I will wait for him, and if he comes and if I see him, then I don't need heaven. So anyways, I don't, I don't need you. I don't need the heavenly comforts. so this is a very very amazing situation because then lord ram is very happy with saraganga he says you have passed the ultimate test you have been tempted with distractions but you didn't offer anything else so then lord ram says i will take you to a place higher than even the heavenly planets i will give you a board of the spiritual world so like this lord ram is teaching us through this past time how we need to be perseverant in our devotional service because we will face temptations which will and distractions and people will tell us you've been practicing bhakti for so long but where is krish you didn't get anything so i remember one of my very dear friends was leaving his body and uh, my guru maharaj told him that even as you are dying you know just you are give, giving up your body 
Krishna will be telling in one year of yours that Prabhu come back, come back to me to the spiritual world and the other year Maya Devi will tell you stay back, stay back in this world, I am there for you. So the choice, the decision making, the challenge of decision making will be there till the last moment of our lives. We may be performing devotional service very nicely and then at the last minute we may make a wrong decision. So we have to be very, very focused in, in our devotional service. I don't know if you have this game in England. In India, we have a game called Snake and Ladders. Mm-hmm. You seen that? So we throw the dice and we keep going. And then you climb up till 98. 99, if you reach, there is a snake that takes you to two. When <laughs> you come down directly. So we practice bhakti for many years, like Saraganga Rishi, and just at 99, Indra comes and says, Don't go to spiritual world. <laughs> and I'm there for you. So therefore, uh, it's an amazing pastime. And then Saramanda says, now that you have come in front of me, O Lord Ram, I want a blessing. Please remove all the credits of my pious activities also. I don't want credits from my pious, because if I get pious activity credit, I go to heaven. I don't want anything. I just want to serve you. So this is the central theme of Ramayana, service. Everybody wants to serve the Lord. So Saramanda refuses to go to heaven. He refuses to enjoy. And then Ram says, Ram fulfills his desire and then says, now what should we do? Where should we go? Virada told us to come to you. Now you tell us where we should go. And Saravanga says, go to Sutikshna's ashram. He will guide you to go to Agastya Rishi's ashram. And Agastya will tell you where to go. So like this, they carry on with their journey. And they come across amazing pastimes where Agastya Rishi's ashram, where Anasuya gives Mother Sita beautiful jewelry and ornaments, which she uses to indicate to the monkeys as she is being taken away by Ravana. So that comes handy later. So like this they start walking and finally they come to this most exciting place called Panchavati where they stay. This is the Dandakarana forest and as they are walking towards that forest where they are going to stay now, whom do they meet? Any guesses? Who is the first person they meet? Very famous personality. One of the biggest, one of the most famous personalities in Ramayana. Huh? Not Hanuman. Jatayu. Who is Jatayu? A giant vulture, a bird. And, and so then Ram and Lakshman see Jatayu, they immediately pick up their bows. They think it's a demon. And Jatayu smiles. He says, who are both of you? So then Ram and Lakshman introduces themselves as sons of the most virtuous Dasharat Maharaj. And then Jatayu says, oh Dasharat Maharaj, I am a very good friend of Dasharat Maharaj. And then he says, welcome to Panchavati, Ram, Lakshman, Sita, I will always be there for you because you are uh, my very dear friend's sons. So then he speaks his whole history. Ramayana contains in detail about Jatayu's story, his descendant, his ancestors and all of that. And then he tells Ramayana Lakshman, when you go for hunting, when you go out of the hermitage, I will be there to protect Sita. So he gives his assurance. Jatayu is another amazing hero in Ramayana. So like this, Sita and uh, Lakshman and Ram, they are staying in Panchavati and they are enjoying the sights of the sounds of the forest. They are happy there. And one day as they are living in the forest of Panchavati, very happy, a very powerful and special person comes there. Who is this? Any guesses? So now the whole Ramayana, we have gone so fast ahead, we have reached the, the actual point where the 
action happens. So they reach Panchavati, they are staying happily there. Who comes there? Okay, I'll give a hint. Shurpanka. Shurpanka is a very powerful demoness. And she was actually very hungry. She was looking for breakfast. And she had not eaten as for breakfast she used to have sages and human beings. She used to eat them for breakfast. And she was walking, and just like you know, dogs have this ability to smell, they can smell bones and they can feel food is there. So Shurpanka was smelling. Oh, and she was huge. And she was she was she had horns coming out and she had all these uh, crazy features, scary features. And she was big, and she had uh, very sharp nails, sharp teeth, and she's looking for food, she's smelling, and she saw footprints of Ram, Lakshman, and Sita. She said, human beings! Wow! And she smelled also. She said, oh, my breakfast! Today I don't have to go hungry. And she walked up to the, she followed the footsteps, and then as soon as she came to the hermitage, she sees Ram. And when she sees Lord Ram, suddenly Lord Ram's majestic, handsome personality captivates her heart. And Cupid's arrows pierces her heart. And she's like, she's filled with lust. I mean, it's interesting. She has come looking for breakfast. She was smelling breakfast. And now, she looks at Ram and she thinks, oh, I want to enjoy with him. The whole game is changed now. Our, our desires have changed. And she says, I want him. I want to enjoy with him. So what she does, in that desperation, because she knows, you know, she's not, she's not good looking. She's not matching with Ram's features. So she has to do something. So she changes her form to that of a very beautiful woman. But unfortunately for her, what happens is, the Ramayan describes, that she was so desperate to get Ram, that in her desperation, she forgot that she has not changed her form. She thought that she's changed her form. So she's not thinking that she is dressed as a very beautiful woman. You know, she's dressed in a sari, all makeup, and very beautiful, smiling. And she comes in front of Ram and she says, Oh, handsome one, who are you? Please introduce yourself. So Ram immediately says, I am Ram, son of Dasharat Maharaj, and this is my wife Sita, and that is my brother you see in chopping wood there, that is my brother Lakshman. But because Shurpanka, she remember she is not she is not actually a beautiful woman, but she is imagining she is a beautiful woman and she is very coyish. And she is looking like this down and she is not smiling. So so Ram is like amused to see that side. So Ram says, Oh beautiful woman, who are you? Who is your husband? And what are you doing alone in this dangerous forest? I think you are a Rakshasi who is capable of changing forms. Please tell me, why have you approached me? This is amazing. Huh? Imagine she's come looking for breakfast and suddenly she wants to have a romantic partner. It's like you know you it's like you're it's like you're smelling pizza or burger. And then you go to the lunch table and there the pizza comes. As soon as you see the pizza, you feel, you know, you want to marry this pizza. <laughs> you can't marry <laughs> she, I mean, I find it weird. What kind of a rakshit, what kind of consciousness she must be having? What kind of a person she must be? Of course, Ram is very attractive, but this is lust because 
This is not love. Because what Shurpanka was doing, the description in Ramayana is amazing. She started moving her hips and she started looking down shyly and moving her eyes very coyishly. And then, and Ram looked at Lakshman and Lakshman looked at Ram and they are like, what is she doing? <laughs> so they chuckled they, and they were trying to control themselves from laughter. See, now this is very incongruent, you know, like incongruent because on the one hand, she's very grossly a Rakshasi, you know, Rakshasi are very gross. They just pick up anything, eat, and they don't have any, any, uh, any, any, what is it, what is that famous uh, George Bernard Shaw's drama where he's teaching manners to that, the, the pig man? Huh? It, it, it was made into a movie, My Fair Lady, later on. Yeah, pig man, yeah, pig man. So, so, you can't teach manners to Shurpanka. <laughs> so she is in a very gross form, and both of them are trying to control their laughter. And the Ramayana describes all amazing, uh, you know, in uh, Ramayana, there is a lot of poetry on romance also. So, now Shurpanka is following, the, this is called a Shingargas. Valmikumuni calls this a Shingargas is where the girl, she is trying to attract her lover through all these coyish glances and she plays hard to get. So, the idea is, Shurpanka, what she does, she is standing and with her toes, she starts drawing on the earth. And she keep, she moves her eyes, you know, differently. So this is said to be a very this is said to be the epitome of Shingarvas, where you make your lover attracted to you. That's the whole science. So, 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 but it's funny because she she is not dressed for that occasion. You are supposed to be dressed also appropriately for that kind of pastime to take place. So, so, so basically she is she is acting very feminine and gracious, but it's not it's incongruent. So then when Ram asks this question to her, who are you? She says, I am Shurpanka. I am the uh, sister of the most powerful Ravana. And I am living with my very powerful brothers, Kara and Dushana, close by. And I range around devouring humans and ascetics for my breakfast and lunch. But after I have seen you, I am longing to be your lover. So, I want to embrace you as my husband. And if you accept me, then I'll immediately devour this brother of yours, Lakshman, and that ugly woman, Sita. And then I will take you to the mountains, and in the mountains we can enjoy so much. So like that she offers proposal. See, why is she saying, and why is she saying all this that I'll, I'll eat Lakshman and I will eat Sita? Because Valmikuni explains, Shupanka's logic was, that I'm so beautiful. She's thinking I'm beautiful now. She's thinking, what if I'm not attracted to my beauty? At least you should be fearful of my threats. <laughs> so the idea is, okay, if my beauty doesn't attract you, my threats should make you uh, agree to my proposal. So I'm going to eat them. So that means Ram will think, oh, she's very powerful. So then, <clears throat> when Ram heard this, first reaction spontaneously was he started laughing. He could just couldn't help laughing. So when he burst out laughing, she was shocked. Why is he laughing? So then, Ram told her that, Oh beautiful one, your proposal is very reasonable. But please understand, I am already married. And if you marry me, then you will have to become a maid servant to my wife. And you will have a co-wife. It will be very difficult for you. 
But seeing the brother there, Lakshman, he has come alone to the forest. He has not brought his wife along. And it will be very good for him to have a companion. So it will be very good if you approach him. And Ram looked at Lakshman. Lakshman caught Ram's joking mood. He understood what Ram is saying. And Shulpanta, this is a proof that she was not in love with Ram. She was simply lusty. And that's why when Ram said go to Lakshman instead, she was okay. <laughs> like she, she had no qualms about it. Okay, Lakshman, you're not Ram Lakshman. <laughs> so she came to... So this is a test, you know. If, if you claim, she's claiming to be in love, but in this proposal she immediately agreed. That means she was exposed. See, we may claim to be devotees, but when we are tested, our real nature comes out. Satyanandan Maharaj always says, beautiful point. He says, if our inside and outside is not same, he says, inside you have a different desire, and outside you are presenting something else, then Maharaj says, your inside will one day take revenge. <laughs> you won't even realize the how. Like I remember, I was doing youth preaching earlier, and I, I took it into the congregation preaching. So there was a transition phase. So, unlike here, where you know, the men and women preaching happens together. That we first preach to the men and then we integrate the programs. So when the transition was happening, so I had arranged a big program and a feast. And I was serving, uh, uh, we, were, we had arranged sweet rice. I cooked, I myself cooked that day. And we were serving. So one of the boys, I know he loves sweets. And he was sitting right in front. So there were two rows of for prashadam. And he was the last person. And then in the front row, we were all ladies sitting. So when I was serving prashad, sweet rice to him, he said, no Prabhuji, no, I don't. I was like, sweets? No, I don't take sweets, you know. And he was not taking, he was eating very little and he was showing off. I knew that he was trying to impress the girls. <laughs> I could immediately sense. But, but I know he loves sweet rice. I said, how are you? love sweet rice. Eat it. He said, no Prabhuji, I have given up all sweets and fried rice, fried items and I said, wow. So I didn't say anything. And in the night, what happened? Everybody left, we cleaned up. So we had a small base where we used to preach. So I kept all the sweet rice in the refrigerator, the remaining, the leftovers. And at 1.32 in the night, I got up to go to the washroom. And as I was going to the washroom, I heard some sound from the kitchen. So I, I quietly <laughs> peeked in and I saw the same guy. He had taken sweet rice from the refrigerator and he was eating. <laughs> he could have eaten in the program, you know, but... So what happened, the insight took revenge, eventually. You can't control, you can't just suppress, and you can't be, you can't just pretend to be somebody else than who you are. So Shupanka was presenting herself as somebody who loves Ram, but when Ram told her go to Lakshman instead, she was like, okay. So when she went to Lakshman, and she, <coughs> so Lakshman told her that Ram has sent you to me, but please understand that I am a servant of Ram, so if you become my wife, you will have to become a servant of Sita. So actually, you don't deserve me. Only Ram, see Ram doesn't deserve that Sita. Ram deserves you only. You are so beautiful. See, if you get married to him, after marriage, Ram will reject his wife. So like that, Lakshman started joking. So Shupanka, she was too simple to catch the joke at that point of time. So she went back to Ram and, he, and she said, that what are you doing with this skinny and deformed woman? Get rid of her. I am there for you. And very disdainfully she started looking at Sita. And except me, O Ram, I have the power to carry you to the mountains, to everywhere, and we can enjoy. But then 
again ram said so then uh, after a few exchanges shurpanka understood that they are joking and they are just <laughs> they are just pushing here and there so <clears throat> then she understood then she looked at ram and she said this woman is coming between you and me so i will destroy this ugly creature and then i will be yours and she rushed towards sita now meanwhile lakshmi was sitting a little far away so so ram roared when see ram is here sita is here and lakshmi is somewhere there and shurpanka is coming towards sita so ram roared stop so when he said stop shurpanka just froze see ram, lord ram's voice the ramayan describes even nectar of devotion rupa goswami describes uh, three things about the lord are very deep you know what are the three things the very deep in the lord in god in krishna and ram one is his navel his navel is said to be very deep second is intelligence lord's intelligence is very deep and third his voice so when ram roared stop shupanka just froze and then he looked at lakshman and he said Lakshman, it is true. The scriptures say that we should never joke with cruel and low-class people. See what we have done. We have put Sita's life in danger because of our frivolous joking with such a cruel witch. Immediately disable her, but don't slay her because she is a woman. So Lakshman instantly drew his sword, and he ran towards Shurpanka and sliced off her ears and nose. and as the nose was cut and it was falling with his sword just like you hit a ball for a six in cricket he hit that he hit that nose and that nose flew off across the godavari because their hermitage was next to godavari river it flew off across the godavari and fell so the place where shurpanka's nose which in sanskrit is called nasika where the place nasika where the place her her nasika her nose fell that place is celebrated today as nasik so the name nasik has come from shurpankar's nose so and in india in indian uh, tradition if somebody is insulted something happens we say nak kat gaya no my nose has been cut so that is part of indian uh, languages every in every tradition they say this so that's how nasik dham was created so excruciating pain shurpankar realized that these two men are very powerful had underestimated them so her ears and nose broken she screamed and she realized they are formidable so what did she do any guesses any guesses what she did she first made very loud dissonant cries and horrible cries and she started running and she ran to her two brothers khara and dushana they were staying close by and she came in front of khara completely mutilated beyond recognition and khara looked at her and he screamed he said what fool has done this to you who has dared to antagonize me and uh, then khara started roaring because it's, it took it very personally my sister has been insulted me they have been insulted so he said whose foaming blood will the earth be soaked today with i want to destroy that person who has insulted you so shurpanka she actually when she went in front of karai she described that she fell on the ground started beating her chest and started wailing and khara uh, had to stop her and then finally she told khara and dushan about ram and lakshman 
and she said they are extremely powerful they seem to be in control of their senses they are so handsome and but they have humiliated me now i am very angry i want to drink their blood especially the blood of that slender wasted woman sita who is with ram and lakshmi i want to drink her blood so then khara said okay i have this 14 powerful soldiers rakshasa they will come with you they will make a quick work of those three people and then you can you can uh, you can pierce their soft bodies with your piercing teeth and drink the gushing blood and enjoy a big feast so shurpanka said okay now i am going to have a feast so this 14 rakshasas came and they entered ram's and lakshman and sita's hermitage and as soon as they entered <coughs> ram immediately saw 14 huge rakshasas immediately picked up this bow and arrow and turned to them and said why are you coming and disturbing us please let we didn't say please of course he said let us live peacefully here or else you are you are running a risk of your life so then this 14 rakshasas they looked at ram they found it very comical because he is a he is a man okay in the in the vedic tradition the rakshasas are supposed to be extremely powerful and human beings are the weakest so they found it very strange and comical that a man is telling them to run away so then they attacked ram and in no time lord ram finished all the 14 of them he just with 14 arrows he killed all 14 of them and shurpanka was shocked she again ran to kara and dushan and kara dushan said kara especially said why are you wailing ram and lakshman should be destroyed by now so shurpanka said that she started mocking kara and she said you are making ideal bows you are avoiding a battle with ram and lakshman so then kara and dushan got very angry with 14000 soldiers they marched because they realized this is not an ordinary man 14000 soldiers and kara and dushan they marched to ram's hermitage as soon as they start marching ram was waiting for this moment actually all these days he had been waiting to confront the demons he tells lakshman lakshman takes sita to a nearby cave and let me confront these demons so then the bow and arrow that agatha rishi had given agatha had given him a quiver two quivers which contained endless arrows ram could shoot as many arrows as he wanted and he would never end and thus ensued one of the most dramatic battles in the ramayana and where lord ram is said to be fighting so ferociously and he was moving in circles he was moving so fast like you know when you see a fan speeding you don't you feel as if the fan is in one spot it's not moving so it appeared that ram is stationary but ram was moving so fast that all the rakshasas felt that ram is in front of them and thus lord ram destroyed dushana who had a very special kind of mace which was throwing out fire as it was being hurled ram destroyed his mace ram destroyed dushana then there was a very special demon called trishara who had three heads ram killed him and then khara came flying at ram and just before killing him lord ram stopped lord ram said just like a father scolds a child lord ram with compassion told khara that why don't you give up your sinful ways and khara said you are boasting because of you are you are just confronted ordinary rakshasas and then khara threw himself on ram and ram's arrow pierced through his heart and khara fell dead so thus all 14000 soldiers were destroyed 
Right on. And as the battlefield was spewed with blood and all the Rakshasas, Lakshman and Sita came and Sita came running and she embraced Ram and she ran her cooling hands on Ram's wounded body. And both of them went to the hermitage and it was now becoming dark. And Lakshman kept a lonely vigil outside because now this is going to be a big feast for all the carnivorous beasts and birds and animals there in the Janasthan. Thus they spent the night and Lakshman knew anything can happen now. They are going to take revenge. Now in this entire episode, when all the Rakshasas were being killed, one person escaped. Not Marisha. Any guesses who is that person? Very special person. His name is Akampana. He was a commander-in-chief of Ravana's army and he was also there in that battle. But in the middle of the battle, he realized this Ram is somebody very special. There's no point fighting. So he quickly escaped. And where did he go? Any guesses? He directly went to Ravana. And Ravana was in his assembly, sitting with his ministers. Akampana came running and fell at Ravana's feet, grabbed his feet, and said, My dear Lord, your entire army stationed in Janasthan is destroyed. And Ravana was shocked. Who can do that? So Ravana got up from his throne and said, Which fool has done this? Who has dared to make enemies with me? Doesn't this person know that I can defeat Indra, Vayu and even Yamraj, the god of death? So Akampana was very, very intelligent. Akampana said, your entire army was destroyed by Ram, who is a human being. Ravana had got a special blessing from Lord Brahma that he cannot be killed by anyone except a human or a monkey. Only monkeys or humans can defeat him. Because he thought humans and monkeys are insignificant. He didn't even consider them worthy of a fight. And now Lord has come in the guise of a human being. So when Akampana said a human being is destroyed, Ravana immediately remembered the benediction that he had got from Brahma. And then Ravana told Akampana, Oh, human. He is a human being. Oh, he must have been helped by all the demigods. All of them must be helping him. That's why I think they, they all destroyed the army. So Akampana realized that my master doesn't believe that one man can destroy his entire army. So Akampana said, My dear Lord, let me clarify. He is not an ordinary man. He is a man who with his bow and arrows can lift the entire earth. With his bow and arrows, he can destroy the shores of the ocean. He has so much power in his bows and arrows that he can crush the entire Himalayas into powder. So then, as he was describing Ram's glories, Ravana realized, oh, this person is very powerful. So then, Ravana got up. Again, he was in denial. He said, okay, I'm going to destroy this man. And as he was rushing to leave his Lanka, Akampana grabbed his feet and said, my dear Lord, you cannot defeat him. Now when Akampana said this, Ravana sat on his throne. Why? Because Akampana was not an ordinary soldier. Please understand. See, a good, who is a good soldier in an army? A good soldier is one who knows his strengths and weaknesses. But a commander is one who knows the strengths and weaknesses of the entire regiment. But the commander-in-chief is one who knows the strengths and weaknesses of the enemy also. And a commander is a commander-in-chief. 
So he knows the strengths and weaknesses of the enemy. So Akampana is saying I cannot defeat him. So he kept quiet. He didn't say anything. So what to do? So Akampana said, my dear Lord, you cannot defeat this man. He is extremely powerful. When he was shooting arrows in the battlefield, people, all the Rashadans were scared. They were running everywhere. Everywhere we could only see Ram. So he was glorifying. So when you read that section in Ramayana, it's actually, it's actually poetry, it's actually glorification of Ram. Actually, if you see, man says he's, he's two Rakshasas speaking, it is not glorification. But the, the composition is so beautiful. So anyway, Ravana hears this, he's despondent, and then Akapana says, but there is one way you can defeat him. And when Ravana hears that, he becomes immediately, jumps up, he says, what is it? Tell me, how can I defeat him? So then Akapana says, he has come to the forest with his wife, Sita, who is extremely beautiful. And Ram is very attached to his wife because otherwise he wouldn't have brought her here to the forest. So if you can somehow separate him from her, then two things will happen. One of the two things will happen. Either Ram will become very weak because of separation from her and he will be easy to be defeated. Or in separation from her, he will end his life. So, either way, you get to win. So, somehow separate him from his wife. So, Ramana says, this is a great idea. Immediately gets up from his throne and he says, I'll go and meet my friend Maricha, who is staying in the Himalayas and convince him to help me kidnap this wife of Ram. And thus he goes to Maricha who is hiding in the Himalayas, who has accepted the robes of an ascetic and who is doing his meditation. And there when Ravana reaches Maricha, Maricha sees Ravana has come, the king of the demons. He offers him a seat, he offers him fruits and Ravana turns all that aside and says, Maricha, I have come here with a special purpose. I want you to help me kidnap Sita, who is the wife of Ram. When Maricha hears the word Ram, he jumps up from his seat and he starts running here and there. He says, Ram, don't ever go near that person. And then seeing Maricha's running here and there, Ram understands that Maricha seems to have some history with Ram. He says, why are you getting agitated? So Maricha says, you don't know who you are talking about. If anybody even says any word beginning with the R, I get scared because I think of Ram. And then he explains how Ram had thrown him 800 miles into the ocean. And then he says, I got so scared of Ram, but I was determined to kill him. So, so when he was in Janastan, I took a form of a Shabara to destroy him. Shabara, you know, Shabara is like a, you know, lion, lion is what? How many legs? Four legs. Shabara is a very special kind of lion, which is I think seven or eight times taller than a lion, and it has eight legs. And just like a lion eats deer, Shabara eats lions for food. <laughs> so Shabara is like the Maha lion. <laughs> so he said, I took the form of a Shabara and I went near Ram. Again, Ra and I, I went with some of my associates. Ram killed all of them and left me. So after that, I got, I'm so scared of Ram that wherever I see, I see only Ram in fear in all the bushes, in all the trees. I've become so scared of him that I've renounced the world. I've become his ascetic robes. So I think 
some enemy of yours has come in the guise of a friend and suggested that you should kidnap Ram's wife. Please, O king of the demons, don't pick up cudgels with Ram. You please enjoy with your wife. You have so many wives, you enjoy with them in Lanka and let Ram enjoy with his wife in Janastan. Please be happy. Don't go anywhere near Ram. And you know what Ravana does after this? He says, okay. He says, yes, you are right. Because he remembers that he was cursed also that a human could, not cursed, but he knew that a human can kill him. So Ravana says, maybe our paths will cross again some other day. For now, I will leave Ram alone. And Ravana goes back to Lanka. That's it. But then something else happens. Something very interesting. Which we will discuss next time in our next session. Because ideally, Ram Ramayana should have stopped here. Ravana understands that Ram is very powerful. <laughs> I can't do anything. But lust is more powerful, you know, than our bhakti that we do in our immature stage. Lust can completely blind us. So what happens to Ravana? How his mind changes? How he confronts Maricha? All that we will discuss later. But so far we have seen in this section how when we are not grounded and when we have uh, not connected to the Lord, then our lust can blind us. And we can make wrong decisions. So now here we see Shurpanka has picked up a very, very deadly confrontation with none other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Ravana is now going to be a victim of, of one of the biggest examples of lust. So that we will discuss later. I will pause here. Hare Krishna. Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman Ki Okay, before, before we make any announcements, you know, uh, what we have done just now, the last one hour, was only Kata. Now, in the, in the scripture, there is a verse which says, what we should be doing when we come together in a yatra or a retreat. Or in general, how should our lives be? I'll end with this one verse and then you can make an announcement. The verse says, Prata divta prasanganam madhyana stri prasangata Ratro chora prasanganam kalo gachati dhimata How do intelligent people spend their time? The scriptures explain how intelligent people spend their time. So you may think they may be spending their time studying the stock market. But the scriptures explain they spend their time, the intelligent people spend their time by morning time, what they do? Prataha, morning time, Prataha, Dyuta Prasangganam, they discuss gambling. Madhyana, Stiri Prasangata, afternoon they discuss about a woman. Pratro, Chora Prasangganam, in the night time they talk about a thief. Kalo This is how intelligent people spend their time. <laughs> it's a cryptic verse, which means in the morning time we discuss Mahabharat, where there is a gambling match happening. Madhyana, in afternoon we talk about Ramayana, where Sita was kidnapped by Ravana, woman. And Ratro, in the night time we talk about a thief, 
Who is the thief? Chod number one. Krishna. Kalo, but this is how intelligent people spend their time. So, we spent our time, I don't know if you are intelligent, but <laughs> we spent our time glorifying Krishna, Ram, and the Lord, and discussing about the Lord's pastimes. Hare Krishna. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Yes, please.